Listening Dog Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Offside Rule We Get It, brought to you by Continental Tyres. It's episode 33, it's Kate Borsay at the mic, and we're picnicking in Hayley McQueen's flat. Hi Hayley. I'm bringing the outdoors in, it's a beautiful sunny day outside and we've, we've gone jogs of elderflower and wonderful English sandwiches. So thanks for joining us as you can feast on some football chat after we've just picked out ourselves. And helping us ably to the sandwich munching, Miss Lindsay Hooper. Yeah, ably the, more than most, wasn't it? Because <laughs> we, we got given the directive of the sandwiches and apparently it was a very healthy selection apart from one sandwich, which was the unhealthy sandwich, and I had two of those. <laughs> which you were just about to put in your mouth, as Hayley said. Everything's healthy, just not that one, Lindsay. <laughs> I don't mind. It was very yummy, thank you. <laughs> Today, we've got a topic with the amazing title, Blatter is Christ. There's no way that goes together, is there? So we're going to uh, look at perhaps more footballing and historical figure link-ups. This is after uh, there was a CONCACAF Congress uh, last week and uh, a couple of the member countries, they're getting very carried away in their support of Blatter for the presidential elections. Uh, The uh, Trinidad and Tobago FA called him the father of football, no less, while the president of the Dominican Republic's federation got completely carried away, not sure if there was any booze involved, uh, said Blatter was like Jesus Christ, Winston Churchill and Nelson Mandela. Not everyone loves the dad, do they? So the father of football... Yeah. Could be the evil stepfather. Well, he's more like Dr. Evil, isn't he? Uh, we're also today going to be hearing from Sue Smith with her usual women's football roundup. Looking forward to hearing that from Sue. We're going to be playing manager matchmaker. I thought it was about time that we introduced a wee game to proceedings. So I've asked you each to bring me three managers and three clubs. They don't have to tally, by the way. You don't have to have the same club and manager. It could be some managers who are out of work. And we're literally going to be pulling names out of a hat because at this point in the season, that's all the press do, isn't it? To be honest, they just link up 
up any old names. Uh, we're also going to be uh, talking about costly errors as well. Um, this weekend, well, there were a few costly errors, actually, it has to be said. Whether it was the goalkeeping error in the FA Cup, poor Adam Federici's awful mistake there, uh, cost Reading the chance of uh, really um, a penalty shootout against Arsenal, or whether it was Sheffield Wednesday scoring a penalty to equalise the game and compromise Bournemouth's automatic promotion chances. So there's loads to play for at this point in the season. So, ladies, I'd like from you to look home or abroad and give me a couple of examples in the last five years of something that really cost a team at a crucial point in the season. Could be a title, could be a trophy, could be qualification for something. Who knows? The female take on football. And before we dive into those topics, let's remind you where you can catch the Offside Rule. You can find us on Twitter, at Offside Rule Pod. Our excellent website's got plenty of features for you to dive in and enjoy offsiderulepodcast.com you can also listen to us on audio boom and download us via itunes right let's tuck in to topic one it'll cost you ladies this weekend goalkeeping errors we've mentioned those and a penalty conceded in stoppage time to level that crucial game in the championships compromised Bournemouth's chances of automatic promotion or they are they are still in with a small chance aren't they at this time of the season you've really got to keep your focus in check and keep your nose clean but it wouldn't be football if it was like that if there wasn't some last minute drama success rests on a knife edge so as I've said, look home or abroad, give me a couple of costly errors. Hayley McQueen, it is the tradition that we go to you, and I'm not about to break it. Well, it's normally tradition that I build up Manchester United, big them up, of course, even in their times of woe last season. But let's go back and actually bring them down a little bit and, and to a coach which who did just that. Now, we all hail Manchester United's former manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, as a messiah, which, which could be one of the topics yeah. for, for later, actually. But um, I haven't chosen him as the messiah. Uh, but actually, Rennie Moulinstein decided to come out after he left the club to say that Sir Alex did make a few tactical errors and that by leaving Paul Scholes out of the defeat to Wigan back in 2012, he believed was the moment that the club lost the Premier League to rivals Manchester City. So there we go, just three years ago when Sir Alex Ferguson was thinking, oh, things are winding down here, but I want to end on a high... Unfortunately, that particular season, and for Rennie, he said, you know, our key player, the only one who could change the rhythm of a game, Mm. uh, it wasn't right to play two games in a week. And for that reason, he wasn't in the squad and we definitely missed him. Happened back as well in 2009 with the Champions League and failure to win them. So quite dramatic, really, that a coach would come out and and diss the great Sir Alex. Certainly is. He thought he should rest Paul's goals and... uh... Apparently you shouldn't. Who knows? It's quite a big responsibility for Paul Scholes to basically be blamed. Well, he wasn't blamed. Sir Alex was blamed. But to have all that responsibility on his shoulders. Lindsay, do you want to chip in with one? Well, I'm going to go for a game that included Manchester United, but in this one they came off the better. And it was thanks to not having goal line technology. Uh, Spurs were their opponents and Spurs were looking to break a 16-year duck. They hadn't won at Old Trafford for that amount of time. So you can imagine everyone's faces when Pedro Mendes, midfielder for Spurs, whacks in a long-range effort that beat Roy Carroll on the Manchester United goal line. He scrambles the ball away, but to 
everyone in that crowd, including Roy himself, who obviously is looking quite sheepish because she knows <laughs> Pedro Mendez's effort has definitely crossed the line. And um, everyone looks up, and the only people in the stadium that don't give the goal is the linesman and the referee. Ooh. So it finishes goalless, nil-nil, and uh, that record, that 16-year hiatus, wasn't broken. But it's one of those that you look back, a goal line technology existed, then Spurs would have managed to have uh, put a bit of the record of history right on that occasion and had a 1-0 win. Yeah, it also might have changed a certain World Cup for us as well, but we'll put that one to bed, mm. shall we? Um, I'll chip in with one here, Stephen Gerrard. You can't talk about this topic, can you, without mentioning Gerrard's slip last season, which pretty much cost Liverpool the title and handed it to Manchester City. The game, of course, was against Chelsea when uh, Gerrard slipped, made the error that allowed Denver Barr to then open the scoring for Chelsea just before half-time. That, as history goes, sort of started the capitulation of Liverpool. Uh, then the famous Cristambul game, the famous, uh, the famous game there where Liverpool uh, only achieved three all and didn't do enough um, to, uh, to notch up the points to grab the league title that had looked theirs for most of the season, or certainly for a huge amount of that season with all the goals um, that they were scoring. You could also say in that season that they wasted the title because they were too open defensively. You know, Liverpool played that lovely style of open play where it was all about grabbing the goals, but had Brendan Rodgers perhaps sorted out his defence and not try to play as openly as he did, uh, maybe it would have been a different story. It's easy in hindsight to say. What about Damien Duff scoring an own goal that doomed Newcastle defeat to Aston Villa and actually sent them down. They were relegated. It was very surprising that you haven't done a Leeds. I was going to pick Leeds, but as you said, it was to be the last five years. I just nicked yeah. in there with 2009. But isn't it funny how there is actually a term, a doing a Leeds, doing a Leeds. and Newcastle haven't done a Leeds. Mm. They're really struggling at the moment yet again. So five years later, having had the managers in and out. Yes, Lindsay? Sorry, there's a siren and an alarm going off in my head. Did you say the last five years? <laughs> Because if you want to go to the Roy Carroll incident, I think you'll find it was in 2005. Um, I was going to say, though, about John Terry as well. Um, the slipping. Yeah, Champions League final. Also, how long do we have to harp back? It feels like so long ago, um, like a forgotten holiday, that we had two teams, two English teams, in a Champions League final. We're nowhere near that this season. Yeah, but it, but did happen. it did happen. Once upon a time, Manchester United and Chelsea uh, goes to penalties. John Terry slipped. Lips. Crucial moment. The biggest contest, perhaps, of all of them. Hi, I'm Jeff Stelling, and you're listening to the Offside Rule. Three women talking about football. I'm used to listening to four old women talking about football on Saturday afternoons, so I definitely prefer this. OK, now, this is the bit I'm really excited about, because it's almost like we've got our own game show. At this time in the season... You can pretty much match any manager with any club. Well, that's what the papers do sometimes to kind of generate stories. So we're kind of going to do that ourselves. Jurgen Klopp, the latest departure. This has set tongues wagging. Where is he going to go? Is he going to go to Manchester City because Pellegrini is not no. doing the business? Is he going to go to Liverpool? Because suddenly, hashtag Klopp for cop. Be careful about how you say this one. Klopp for cop uh, is trending on Twitter. Oof, I can see that happening. <laughs> I can't see the City, though. Can't see him going to Manchester City. Don't know why. I think there's a double move going on there. Someone might be freed up for Klopp to go to, and that person will go to City. I thought originally it could have been Guardiola, but he's just committed his future to Bayern Munich. Have you got a feeling in, in your waters, Lindsay? She often, she often has these sort of psychic moments, don't you? No, I've got a few feelings. Ronald Koeman <laughs> is, uh, is up there in some of my feelings. I think Southampton might have a new manager at the end of the season. But anyway, let's get on with it. Before we talk too much about your feelings, Lindsay, it's a dangerous topic to try and embark upon. Um, I would like you both to bring 
three clubs to the equation, three managers. They don't have to match, by the way, because some managers are out of work. Um, and it's more fun as well just to do a straight mashup. So we've got nine clubs and nine managers here in two cups in Haley's flat. And FA Cup draw style, we're going to do our very own draw. I did say flat cap draw, but I haven't got a couple of flat caps, and neither of you, Haley. I've got some very nice mugs. But Linda's got some very nice mugs instead. So one mug for team, one mug for manager. Let's run through who's in these very, very briefly. Lindsay, who did you go for? So my clubs, I've gone for Liverpool. Um, they have emerged this weekend after the FA Cup semi-final defeat as a, as a club that may be looking for a new manager. I, I don't like to add to those pressures because I think Brendan Rodgers actually has done a pretty good job the last couple of seasons. Um, but I am going to put Liverpool in there. Uh, Real Madrid, um, the expectations of Real Madrid fans, mm. from my liking, is just too much. Uh, it looks like Carlo Ancelotti might be going, um, especially if they don't win, it, win the Champions League. So we'll see what happens with Real Madrid, but I'm going to put those in. And West Ham, um, the rumours have been going on. It's a club that I've covered a lot this season. Sam Allardyce, the amount of times I've had to ask him about his contract situation, I've lost count. Um, I think the, the nearer we get to the summer, especially considering the, the recent form of West Ham in the league, the more it's looking likely they're going to be a club looking for a new manager. Mm. And your managers quickly... Uh, so I've gone with Brendan Rodgers. I've gone with Carlo Ancelotti, which are the two managers that link up with uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid at the moment. That wasn't on purpose. I just put in those names in the hat. And then I have gone with Jurgen Klopp, the man that inspired this topic. Um, he is out, footloose, fancy free, looking for a new home. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> yeah, he's rubbished a talk that he was going to have a one-year sabbatical, a la Guardiola style. Uh, Hayley, who have you gone for briefly? OK, so my teams are as follows. Queen's Park Rangers, I think they are going to get rid of a uh, if they go down, it looks like they are potentially going to be going down. They need to rebuild, have a clear out, push for promotion once again. They'll be going for the big name that they perhaps wanted in the first place. Maybe Les Ferdinand will step down from a director of football role. Who knows? Who knows? So QPR. Um, I've also got um, Brentford as well, just outside the playoff position, so slightly underachieving. We know that Mark Warburton is on his way out. We've known that for weeks. So Brentford are a club who will be needing somebody new to come in a small club doing big things and Newcastle a big club doing not a heck of a lot John Carver going to be gone at the end of the season enough is enough for them a lot of talk that Steve McLaren is being lined up to take over so he's one of my managers as is Frank de Burt at the moment the uh, Ajax man of course uh, revealed aspirations of taking over Tottenham or Liverpool in the past he is uh, managing uh, at the moment and has said yes he could have gone and maybe taken over the Tottenham job in the past the time just wasn't right so Frank de Boer is on that list as well and Jürgen Klinsmann he has been the manager of Team USA since 2011 but with no major tournament coming up for quite a while obviously we've got the Euros USA aren't in the Euros are they I don't know I don't really know what he's managing for at the moment you'd think maybe he's just about had enough mm. so there we have it very briefly the ones that I have gone for Manchester City we've explained why Pellegrini we think is on the way out Sunderland as well they can't carry on with old Dick, can they? Anyone who's name, named after an alcohol that's used in a snowball is no good in the Premier League for me. Uh, Southampton, we spoke about this one, how Cumin we think, is going to get poached. Uh, so, therefore, Southampton will need a manager. Sam Allardyce, Lindsay, you've discussed West Ham. Michael Laudrup, I just think it's about time he came back. I think he's got a score to settle here. He's working out in Qatar at the moment, I think. Was linked to the QPR job. I think he's going to make a return to the Premier League. Well, he is for me, anyway. Or maybe the Championship. Uh, Remy Gard, as well, I think uh, the out-of-work ex-Lille manager 
Uh, who played for Arsenal, of course, um, for a few years over here. Uh, he was strongly linked with Newcastle at one stage and um, said he didn't want to do anything until the summer. Right, we're going to do our draw, ladies. So we've divided this up while you're just sat there. Uh, we, we've decided that um, myself and Hayley have never been involved in an actual draw. <laughs> have you, Hayley McQueen? No. no? Um, so you're going to draw the managers. I'm going to draw the clubs. Um, we're going to do this really seriously. Yeah. And at the end of this, I'd like you both to come up with your winning combination. Now, some will be bizarre. Some managers may stay at their existing club, of course, ladies. It's entirely possible. So I'd like your top pairing at the end of this. OK, let's do it. Let's go for a team. Can I just say as well, we're only as good as the equipment we're given. I've got a mug <laughs> with some pieces of paper. I want the ball and the, uh, the bag, please. Sorry, it's a budget. It's a budget. Next time, eh? Um, this is at club. Real Madrid are going to have a new manager. They'll be appointing... Brendan Rodgers. Oh! OK, let's go with the next one. We're linking those up. At the next club, after a manager, are QPR. But who are they going to get? Who's after Chris Ramsey? Right, QPR are going to have Sam Allardyce at the helm. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? He wouldn't have to move house, would he? He could stay in London, wouldn't need a helicopter going up north to Sunderland, where I think he might be heading. Um, we're going to go for Sunderland next. Sunderland. By the way, you can't just mix it up with, with your own predictions. You've got to stand by the draw. OK, this is real. OK, so who's going to Sunderland, Hayley McQueen? Frank de Boer. <laughs> OK, maybe not. But let's, let's continue this process, because there will be a few peaches at the end of this. The next club, it's the Tyne and Weir neighbours, Newcastle. Who's going to Newcastle? Hayley McQueen. Well, this is somebody who I think is Ooh. going to Newcastle. Steve McLaren. Could we have got it right? Time will tell. The prediction fairy slash mug and paper <laughs> drawing technique might have come up trumps. Uh, Brentford next. Oh, who's going to Brentford? Well, it looks Ooh. like Michael Laudrup's fancying a stint in, in West London. I don't think that's too beyond the realm, do you? I don't know, perhaps he's looking for something a little bit bigger to come back from all that money in Qatar. OK, so Laudrup uh, is going to Brentford. Lindsay? Manchester City. Um, I think it's quite clear that Manuel Pellegrini probably won't be there this time next year. Who will be? So Lindsay's sacked Pellegrini. Who's coming into his place? Jurgen Klinsmann will be going oh. to the city. Too big, too big for Klinsmann. But anyway, let's carry on with this process. Um, no, no comments, please. This is a real Sorry. process, Kate will say. We don't want your own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> we deal in only fact. <laughs> Terry Wogan-style commentary, isn't it? Like the, like the Eurovision. Contest, yeah. uh, West Ham next. West Ham, who's going to Upton Park? Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> Brilliant, I would love that. I... That's why he has left a big job he's in right now out in Germany because he fancies the West Ham I'll job. I'll tell you what, Jürgen Klopp, David Gold, David Sullivan, what a great combination that would be. Yeah, we've got the two Davids. He's going to be their Goliath. Um, next, we have Liverpool. Who is going to be heading to Merseyside? Remy Gard. That's interesting. So the ex-Lille manager played over here for a few seasons. So he's going to Liverpool. OK, we have one manager and one club remaining. It only leaves Southampton. Being managed by Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> I think Saints fans are ecstatic with that draw. OK, well, I think we can safely say that the pick of that bunch was Steve McLaren going to Newcastle. Um, anything else of interest for you there, Lindsay? 
Well, let, let's go with um, let's go with Sam Allardyce sticking in London. Everyone's saying that Big Sam's potentially going to go to Sunderland. Now I can see Sunderland getting relegated still, potential there for that to happen. Sam Allardyce is not going to manage outside the Premier League. So QPR, if they were the team that stayed up at Sunderland's expense. That could be a twist mm. that could happen come the end of the season. Who knows? Big Sam fancied doing the London thing again. Any other one to mention? Uh, Liverpool and Remy Gard, perhaps? Mm, maybe they're looking for someone a little bit bigger. I don't know. Yeah. Right, let's continue and hear from the wonderful Sue Smith. Um, Sue's giving us her weekly women's football roundup. The WSL Roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello, everyone. Well, it's been an action-packed week of football with some teams playing twice this week. Firstly, Arsenal played Bristol on Wednesday evening. It was a game Bristol needed to perform in just to gain a a little bit of confidence. That wasn't to be. Arsenal come away comfortable 2-0 winners. Carla Humphreys with the first before Vicky Lasada added the second. Bristol's next game was against Sunderland on Saturday evening. And funnily enough, I actually bumped into the team in the services while we were travelling to Everton. They were on the way up north to Sunderland. After chatting to a few of the players, they said this is a must-win game. It seemed like it could be Bristol's night when Angra James scored the first goal. And then Bristol looked quite comfortable, but Sunderland's never-give-up attitude that we obviously seen last season come into play again. And the new signing from Everton, Brooke Chaplin, she equalised just before Rachel Finesse scored the second, which meant that Sunderland come away 2-1 winners. Bristol are struggling at the minute with the loss of a few key players. Confidence seems to be quite low, but I've got to say it's a, it's a really long season. Not the best start for them, but it's a long way to go. Liverpool versus Chelsea is next up. This was always going to be an interesting encounter and and one which is is quite difficult to call. Chelsea continue for me to be the informed team, winning the game 1-0. Enia Luka with the goal. It was an excellent lob. Goalkeeper Libby Stout come out and and Enia Luka just showed what a a class striker she is, lobbing the goalkeeper. Liverpool did have a chance to equalise, though, through a penalty. And Farrah Williams, very unlike her, completely missed the target. So the game finished 1-0. Man City then took on Arsenal on Sunday. This game was surrounded in talking points, shall we say. Arsenal went 1-0 up and seemed to be in control. Man City started to come back into the game, a very competitive game. And then Man City and England midfielder Jill Scott got sent off for a headbutt, which I've got to say, I've known Jill for years. And this is so unlike her, so against her character. It's something... We don't want creeping into the women's game and and I can't imagine that that Jill will do anything like this ever again. I can't imagine she's done anything before, so she'll learn from this and and move on, I'm sure. Okay, last game uh, was Birmingham against Notts County. This finished 0-0. Remy Allen did have the opportunity from the penalty spot to win it for Birmingham, but Carly Telford produced a world-class save to deny her. Okay, that's all from me. I'm sure there'll be lots more to talk about next week as well. So I'll see you all for now. Thanks very much to Sue. I was filming at the weekend for the Women's Super League show. Uh, I've got to give that plug because we've got a new time. So anybody Ooh. who enjoys Sue's roundups and likes to see all the highlights every week, um, Sunday evenings at 10 now. Um, I was sat with Frank Kirby. What a lovely girl mm. Frank Kirby is. I'm really wishing her well and hoping she gets selected to go out to Canada this summer. Um, we were watching a big game, early season title contention pot- potentially, because Chelsea against Liverpool, Kate, yesterday, uh, 1-0 
winners. Our uh, friend of the show, Enia Luca, scored a brilliant goal. Um, and the real funny thing was that she did a knee slide and nearly injured herself. I had to have a word with her afterwards <laughs> and say, what were you doing? It's a bit like Tony Duggan did that as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, but she, she was OK in the end, but she did say I should have chosen a, a better place to do a knee slide than on this pitch. Mm. Um, but thank you very much to Sue for that roundup. We'll have another one next week. And I can exclusively reveal that the offside rule we get it will be producing their first magazine online and in print. And it's all about the Women's World Cup in Canada. Sue's involved and there's a big splash with any as well. So uh, look out for that. We'll keep you updated with more news when we have it. I'm Gary Neville and you're listening to the offside rule. Let's move on to topic three. Unbelievably titled Blatter is Christ. Of course he's not. But what happened? Well, uh, the CONCACAF Congress last week, the Caribbean and Central American countries, that is, uh, they met and quite a few countries uh, deeming their support for Sepp Blatter and his campaign for another term as FIFA president. Trinidad and Tobago, well, they said he was the father of football while he was called Jesus Christ and Nelson Mandela, amongst other things, by the Dominican Republic. So I'd like some more footballing comparisons please this time they've got to make sense none of that blatter is christ stuff uh, which key people from history are some of the game's personalities most like Haley. well mine is not complete history but it's quite current and topical there is a current manager at a big club at the moment the club is really popular the working hard people of the city or the hard-working people of the city there's a real community club sense about it it's newcastle united He's the Ed Miliband of Newcastle United, John Carver. <laughs> you kind of want to believe in the club. You want to believe in it, but he's, he's just not the right leader, <laughs> is he, really, at the end of the day? You just, you just don't believe in him. He's not the big name that you want. His appearance, again, a bit like Ed Miliband. It's just a bit, it's just a bit meh. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, and ultimately, probably the full guy. Uh, Lindsay. Well, I'm making a Premier League manager... The Mother Teresa of football. I think he's the sort of guy... We are a bit partial to him on this podcast as well. I think he's the sort of guy who wraps an arm around the players, makes them feel all cosy inside, keeps them safe. No squabbles, no internal squabbles about wages, because you know what? None of them are on a big wage. And they club together, and they've got the whole of the country rooting for them to stay up. Because, yes, Sean Dyche is my Mother Teresa (laughs) of the Premier League. That's fantastic. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go a bit left field here. Sir Alex Ferguson, in his time with the United, he was like Kylie, happy to evolve throughout the decades. Uh, Where, you know, once I should be so lucky, McClare and Pallister were absolutely fine. There was no problem from Fergie moving, evolving his football stroke music on uh, to the likes of Ronaldo and spinning around. Uh, Still with a nod to the old tried and tested methods, though, of course. On the flip side... How about a manager who doesn't change his brand of football and a musician who doesn't change their brand of music? Step up Sir Paul McCartney. Still sounds the same 67 years later. Sam Allardyce is my Paul McCartney. No changing their brand of football. Progressive to a point, but he knows his style of football. He knows what he likes to play and he sticks to it. Hayley. Right, the next one. I mentioned the Messiah before, didn't, didn't I? Well, well, what is the definition of the Messiah? Well, according to Wikipedia, literally the anointed one has come to be seen as a saviour or liberator of a group of people, right? Eddie Howe. 
He has been called a messiah. Yes! I was inspired by Bianca Westwood's Born With Peace, lack of finances, little options for so long. Yes, I know he left Bournemouth and came back to Bournemouth, but they were 10 points adrift at the bottom. They had to beat Grimsby as well, didn't they, to stay up. They did that and pushed for promotion. They had that 18-month transfer embargo and could have been just dropping down the leagues further and further, but they've just risen like the ashes from a flame. So if Eddie Howe is given status of a messiah, what do you give Tim Sherwood as status? Surely you've got to have youth involved. Surely he's got to be a very famous teacher, stroke lecturer, very famous... Go on. I'm thinking doctor, breathing life back into a club, that's right. Because according to Aston Villa, they are alive again thanks to the positive thinking. Um, Someone like the doctor, Sigmund Freud, one of the most famous doctors ever. Yes, that's right, a neurologist and known as the father of psychoanalysis. I don't think that Tim Sherwood is quite as clever as psychoanalyzing every single little thing to help on the pitch, but he's certainly done something and no one can quite work it out. Mm. Okay, I am going to go with a trigger-happy chairman. Okay, we could look at deadly Doug Ellis. We could look at Steve Parrish. There have been eight managers since uh, Steve Parrish became chairman of Crystal Palace. Who does he relate to in history? Henry VIII, of course. Six wives for Henry VIII. Liked to be trigger-happy with his wives, as does Steve Parrish with his manager. Uh, We could also drop Massimo Gellino in there as well, I suppose. Well, I've got one of his wives. I've got Karen Brady as, as one of Henry VIII's wives. Well, she's always around the big honchos in football, isn't she? She's never too far away. I think that she could have, back in that day, been one of Henry VIII's wives. Lots of men as well, gunning for her head, like Anne Boleyn, just wanting to get rid of her out of football because they're so old-fashioned in their ways. Well, this is quite a topical one because this is my birthday this week. Born on St George's Day, St George being the saint that slayed the dragon. And I think if anyone's relatable to doing that, it would be Eric Cantona. I think Eric Cantona would be a good St George. I'd certainly want him brandishing a weapon on my behalf in the future if I needed him. So just to be clear, you'd like a Frenchman to become St. George. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it wasn't well all thought through very well. Um, Balotelli would be Guy Fawkes, wouldn't he, back in, yeah. in history, setting off some good fireworks. Uh, Drogba, Didier Drogba, would be the Robin Hood of the past because he gives so much to charity, doesn't he? I've got one here for you, Arsene Wenger. Set in his ways, he's quite stubborn, progressive, but still stubborn. I'm going to relate him back to Napoleon about the most stubbornest person that you could come across in world history. I like when Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho in the last couple of weeks when he was interviewed and they were asking him to compare himself to other managers and he was like, I am above comparing myself to others. There you go. So I was going to use him and, and, and relate him to someone in history, but I just thought, you don't even deserve it. There we go. On that slightly sour note. Well, no, it's not a sour note. It's Lindsay Hooper's birthday this week, everyone. Congratulations to Lindsay for reaching 40 without a wrinkle. You, how very dare you. Right, you just wait. You just wait. We're all out for Lindsay's birthday next week. Well, I think I am. If I'm, if I'm... make sure everyone knows I'm not 40, by the way. I'm nowhere near. I'm Nothing not wrong with near. being 39. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I am actually... No, no I don't want my age on this. Can we just scrap this? Okay. She's, 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 if you were a professional athlete, then we would know your age no matter what. Oh, be professional. Yes, be professional. I don't want to say it. 
That's okay, 30-something. 33. 33, well, it's younger than me, Aileen McQueen. (laughs) me. That's it from us today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget you can check us out on Twitter, at Offside Rule Pod. You can download and listen to us via Audio Boom and iTunes. Um, Pop along to the website as well, where you'll get loads of information about what's going on out there in the big, bad world of football. OffsideRulePodcast.com. Thanks from myself, Hayley and Lindsay, and we'll see you soon. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.